I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Stephen, I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> This week, Celtic's performance restores some pride, but Valencia still say hasta la vista to the Hoops Euro dreams, and Celtic survived the Motherwell screw job to lay the smackdown on the steel men. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Tims episode 170. I am joined by Stephen. Good evening. And Melly. Greetings. Let me ask you a question, boys. Do you believe in numerology? Uh, I don't know, enlighten us James But if if you don't know, and I mean I'm a bit of an intellectual So you, I do know right. um, Numerology is the belief in divine and mystic relationships between numbers okay. So that's what it's telling you is There's deeper meaning to random numbers that get thrown up Melly, let me ask you something How many points clear are Celtic in the league? Eight Stephen, we're on episode 170 Take the one, add the seven, add the zero What do you get? Oh, it's oh, eight shit. <laughs> Look at that, eh? <laughs> eh? So, we've got plenty to talk about this weekend. Sure have, it's been an eventful one. Two screw jobs, as far as I'm mm. concerned. The Motherwell screw job, which we can talk about, and the Valencia referee screw job. Right. Um, because the referee ruined that game for us, is what I'm getting at. Um, should we talk about Valencia first? I suppose so. What were your initial thoughts, Stephen, off the back of the game? Much, much better. It was much better than the home leg, but I'm not going to get too carried away. Ultimately, it was a defeat, and Celtic didn't do enough to take anything from away, away from either the game or the tie. But it was a much more encouraging display that, if anything, just made the home leg seem even worse. Because after the home game, if that truly is what Celtic are, you're just thinking, right, we're a bad team. We're not, we're not yeah. good enough to be at this level. But then you show something the away leg and it just makes it even more frustrating. Because if that Celtic had turned up, if the games had been reversed, you'd be a lot more confident in going through. But the, the away tie, uh, sorry, the home tie was just sadly pathetic at the end it of the day. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's what frustrates me, Melly, because the Celtic team that we saw in Valencia, I think, were good enough if they turned up in the first leg to get through that tie. I'm not sure about getting through the tie, but definitely give Valencia a game. We are forgetting Valencia are a really good team. We didn't show up, and we've nobody to blame but ourselves. No. Like time and time again, we make these silly mistakes, and it costs us. Going away from home in Europe, 2-0 down, it's dead and buried. Now, I'm happy with the way we played, we showed up, but I wonder if we had to take a draw or a 1-0 win over there. Would we have played as composed as we did mm. or did we play like that because we we're 2-0 down and maybe Valencia stepped off us a bit but there was no pressure on us. I want I want to know, I'll never be able to know, but I just 
don't think we would have played with that much composure, that much pressure off if we had been still in the tie. When the lineup was announced, Stephen, um, it, it was met with a bit of scepticism. Sure was, and not least from us, because we were doing a Patreon match companion for the game. We couldn't really decipher what exactly it was at first, but it quickly became apparent it was a, a five-diamond one. It's had mixed results for Celtic in the past. The back three has, well, no, it's not even been mixed results. The back three this season has been largely unsuccessful, but I thought this was much better. I mean, Valencia themselves, yes, they are a good team and they are a better team than Celtic, but the thing is they keep drawing this season. They're yep. no runaway train. They have drawn either side of this away leg as well. So that's 15 draws they've had in the league this season. Mm-hmm. They, they sit ninth in the league and they're actually getting closer to the bottom half of the table than they are challenging because before the home leg we were thinking if Valencia if, if they start turning draws into wins they could be fourth third in, in La Liga and that's no joke coming up against a, a Celtic team but now they've done nothing to suggest that they're they're in any way a great team other than you know fairly comfortably sweep Celtic aside that was a problem from the first leg wasn't it we said they didn't cut us open yeah they didn't do that at all but we gifted them two goals by sheer stupidity a sheer lack of any cohesion at the yeah. back as well. I think we could have given them a better game. Second leg, we got off to a good start. The three at the back allowed us the extra centre-half to play out and we don't know what will happen next season, but it'll be interesting to see if going going forward, if Brendan Rodgers is still here, if we start with a five-man defence away from home because mm. it gives us that extra player at the back to get out rather than just the four there's the five players the two midfielders drop in as well it looked a lot better everybody knew what they're doing it's just going forward we still look a bit toothless with that I don't know if it's that formation or just the players in general we just didn't look like we were going to create a lot just on the formation there, a mixed night for the fullbacks. Obviously, mm. we'll, we'll come to one of them. Um, but Johnny Hayes, I thought, had a great game. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, I yeah, thought he yeah. was excellent. Probably his best game in a Celtic shot. Arguably, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I would go with that. Very positive, very direct. And he was on the end of a couple of things. Unlucky not to score. He drew a couple of decent saves at the keeper. Won just a little bit wide of the top corner, but he, I thought he looked looked really good. I thought Hayes was good. But the, not really a problem, but just in games like this, when you think back to massive results we've had in Europe, the big players step up, the big mm-hmm. game players step up. And when that, when Johnny Hayes steps up at the back post and he shoots and it goes the front post instead of him going across the keeper to the back post, like, you just don't think Celtic won Valencia nil Johnny Hayes scoring, do yeah. you? Mm-hmm. You just don't <laughs> see that. It's got to be somebody that will step up to the plate and no, nothing wrong with the guy, decent enough player, but it's just not a night for Johnny Hayes to be scoring in a Mestalla. It's just one of those things that I don't see happening. I think the lineup for me was a bit of a peculiar one, I thought, given that we'd be chasing goals. Um, Scott Sinclair, who's in mm. mesmerising form at the moment, probably wouldn't have made way, but he but he did make way. Do you think, Melly, looking back, we should have pushed it that wee bit further? I don't know. We- we get beaten the first leg because we went toe-to-toe with them and probably rightly so because we were on form and won every game but the players just didn't come out, didn't turn no. up, didn't do what they were supposed to. Now, going away from home, how many times have we collapsed? Time and time and yeah. time again. So maybe this formation, I think we've used it a couple of times when we've had our backs to the walls in game qualifying games where we had to go through. So I think it was important to keep it tight and... It just allowed Toyan and Hayes to get forward. Now, Sinclair, Forrest, sometimes they're a bit anonymous in Europe because they can't get the ball. But with 
cutting out the men at the back, five across the back, then it moves into the diamond midfield. It just gives us that bit more solidity to start playing from there. Now, we've seen when Buck got the ball and made a run, there was nobody even close yeah. to him, and that is the problem with it. But we'll see how it possibly one, next season. One glaring example of that in the first half where Burke absolutely tore away and looked back. He, he tried to hold up the ball and there was nobody within 40 yards of him. Yeah, it was frustrating because, because I know, yeah. it was just, if he just held on to it though for maybe an extra second, an extra beat more, Ryan Christie was just appearing on the scene. But Burke it was... Is, Burke is, not the greatest at that kind of thing. He no. sometimes, I joked on the match companion that sometimes his legs are too fast for his brain, and that's sometimes the case. He's not the greatest at hold up play, but that's to be expected. He's not. He's brand new to being a centre forward. Yeah. He's, he's certainly no Musa Dembele. I thought the midfield were much better than the home game. Now that's kind of damning with faint praise a wee bit. Yeah. They were they were much better than the the home leg, but still. What I took away, well, especially Scott Brown, I thought Scott Brown was actually very good compared to the, the home leg. Um, what I took away from the game was that Celtic badly needed, at the time, midfield reinforcement. They right. badly need some players back, badly need Rogic and Cham back. Now, one has stepped forward since in the Motherwell game, and yeah. we'll talk about him a bit later, but I just thought, looking at the midfield, it just it's looking a bit tired. I don't mean physically, I just mean the, the options aren't there, so we're playing the same midfield over and over and over again, going back to the well with uh, Ryan Christie constantly and expecting an awful lot from him. See how, seeing how the Celtic lined up and played away from home, it does show that maybe some of the le- criticism levelled at Brendan Rodgers about how he's always trying to play expansive and passing football in Europe leads often leads to Celtic's downfall. It does show that he can play another way. Do yeah. you think that maybe he should have adopted those tactics in the home leg? Do you think he was too confident and brave in the home leg? Because if Celtic can play that way and get a decent result away from home, should they have been a bit more conservative in the home leg? The thing is, though, that the, the actual players themselves in the home leg were very negative. They were very tentative. Yeah. It, well, definitely to a fault. What I'm reminded of in the home leg was just constant backwards passing from Toljan to Boyata, Boyata back to Toljan, then Brown drops in. It's just so I don't know. I don't know if I would give them that they were particularly expansive or brave or or you know swashbuckling in the, the first leg. I just. I think it was just one of those ones you hear th- you hear fighters talking about it like boxers and fighters that you just you just had an off night you just you couldn't pull the trigger you wouldn't throw that punch and maybe that was just the case with Celtic that night. It's old Harry hindsight in it again. <laughs> you could go into this start with a back five and then the diamond in midfield at Celtic Park, but if we had done that and get beat two 0 we'd be sitting here absolutely slating Brendan Rodgers. Why are you changing after Indeed. we've won yeah. seven games in a row, not conceded? Valencia, good team, but this is where we want to be. We want to be going up against these teams, and Brendan Rodgers believes that. He believes in the players. Abel, we all, none of us said we'd get beat, no. so we all thought going into it, it's just the players didn't do what they were supposed to on the night, and it cost us. Um, we, you touched on Toljan, we can mention him, the, yeah. the recipient of Celtic's second red card in, the, in Europe this season. Who got the other one? James Forrest. Correct. Actually, very, very similar incidents. Yeah, they were both silly. for holding back a player who had kind of got the wrong side of them, yeah. But I think Forrest was a straight red, though, from yeah. memory. Yeah, that was... I, Toljan's was their centre off. The first one was a booking. Awful soft, right, but... See if you was pulled... that the holding back of yeah, the trip? It the just, holding back, it just yeah. pulled... Do you have a wee tug of an arm or a shoulder and diverted the guy off course? And if you do that deliberately to a guy who's got the better of you and is advancing on goal, that's a booking. Mm. The second one, though, that's it's very, very soft. And I'd, I'm not necessarily one who believes in the language of saying, well, it's soft, yeah. because it's either a foul or it's not. 
but ultimately it needs to be deliberate yeah it wasn't it was definitely wasn't deliberate it fell kind of on the guy's heel he, as we he got himself all at sea had no idea where the guy was meant to be tracking and effectively ran into him and fell yeah and yeah, that's the thing it's his own fault mm-hmm. that that's the problem here he it was caused by his own poor defending it's something we've been talking about for weeks now his suspect positioning and that's exactly what got him into that the first booking was Boyata's fault, I thought, because he played Ayer wildly out wide, mm-hmm. out onto the right. Ayer struggled to keep it in. He somehow hooked it around to Doljan, who kind of lost the ball. But they would never have been in that position if Boyata hadn't been so poor with the pass. Do you think, Melly, the referees... I mean, Scottish referees are getting a lot of stick at the moment. If it was a Scottish referee that made that call, they'd be busting into flames on, on Twitter <laughs> at, the, at the sight of it. Do you think referees will need to take more care? Because... I mean that you need that killed the game, didn't it? It killed mm. the game as a competition, killed it for Celtic. Who who were in, who were the better team? Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. We were sitting watching it going, What's going on here? We're <laughs> playing well, we're looking looking threatening. Tolian, I don't like bookings for that as same yeah. as Stephen. I think they are very soft, but breaking it down, looking at him, he's got to do much better than that. Yeah, he does. Especially the second one. He's not got a clue where the guy is, and when that the guy gets in behind him, it's panic stations mm. and that's what causes it. Said it a few times on here. I'm worried about his positioning. We'll come on to it in the Motherwell game as well. He got a torrid time in that game. His positioning, he's got the pace to get back in, but at that level against players of that quality, if they're in, they are in and they're away. He's got to be more aware of what's going on around him. It's not really a booking, but it's just annoying, isn't it? To get sent off in the first half for two barely even challenges. I mean, the ref, he didn't give as much in the game. He was stopping the game. He never let the game flow. He just looked like a character out of the human centipede. He was just <laughs> one of the guys. Like, just didn't let us go. In. And you're right, the sending off just kills the game stone dead. We had to then move Vyar over to right back. It means the full backs drop, but we've not got that extra guy in centre defence. And we just couldn't really get out from there and that's when Valencia started taking over. Well, after that performance, if he is in a human centipede, let's hope he's a very back. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Gamboa Claxon, uh, you know I like to mention him on every single podcast, but I know I've jokingly said it recently, but has Toljan done anything to, to suggest he's any better an option than him? He might. He might. He must be better so far. Maybe, maybe he is, right? Because yeah. Gamboa's not in the squad anymore. He hasn't featured for months. Gam- I think, do you know what the problem with Gamboa is? He doesn't look like a serious individual. Every time you see him, <laughs> he looks like a, a real silly goose. He is a silly goose. Yeah, God loves a, God loves a silly goose. And maybe and there's that, but... just too much Tom fuckery with Gamboa <laughs> and uh, Toljan's knuckling down. Maybe, but Toljan just looks so miserable. They're polar opposites yeah. in personality as well. But the thing is, like, the parallels are there to be drawn. They're both quite good going forward. They're both very fast in recovering their position that they've made the mistake to be out of in the first place. And neither of them can <laughs> defend so far. It's, it's, so I what you're saying is you want, uh, you want Lustig back? Free Gamboa. <laughs> free Gamboa. <laughs> Enough of this German nonsense. <laughs> it's the fourth choice right back. <laughs> not the second, not yeah. the third, the fourth. Um, but the, the man who went to right back had also one of our best chances of the game. I'm just going to come in here, let you know straight from the off, it's going to be an eye of loving for me tonight. <laughs> okay. The big man has been sensational the last two games. Okay, right. Everything about him. Do you want to elaborate on it? I thought he'd done well when he was at centre half, when he pushed out to right back, he got forward, but it was some Jamie Carragher-esque fight back from him in the end. He was blocking shots, he yeah. tramping up, he mm. was still flying in. The only He's similar to Carragher uh, in front of goal as well. Yeah, <laughs> the only downside was the chance 
the ball in was delicious and he's just got to get a wee flick on that again Stephen if anything he gets too much on it <laughs> too much on it Jeff that's right just a, a wee flick and that takes that pass to keeper but again that was a chance from a set piece we didn't really create many chances mm. of our own now that's understandable being down to 10 men in, in those circumstances but I just felt we were a wee bit toothless up front and the game was just getting away from us and then the inevitable really happened because Valencia were coming into the game towards half time and then into the second half and again silly silly goal ball goes over your left back and the ball's played across into your six yard box and the striker's in between two centre halves again Boyata redeemed himself a bit on Sunday against Motherwell but I believe I've, your I've, words on Thursday night were good riddance yep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he's like oh it's alright <laughs> it's just these are the games he is meant to show up in now mm. we spoke about it on Thursday night his passing is atrocious Mm-hmm. If he's wanting to move up to the next level, he's going to need to go to a team where he's just going to have to defend. But even then, how many times does that striker peel off him? It's just simple, basic stuff. Him and Simonovic, just not good enough. So Celtic, Stephen, failed to score in the game. They failed to score for the first time since 2016 in consecutive European ties. Is that right? That's mm-hmm. right. And uh, Gamiero puts the puts it was almost his first touch. But seconds after coming uh-huh. on. It was it was easy for him. Um it was a cracking ball to the back post which just totally took out Johnny Hayes who was never going to get to that because he has four foot eleven as yeah. I said. But it, it went over his head and the cutback header was perfect for Gamero to just to tap it in. But once again, as Melee's alluded to there, Boyata and Simonovic just switch off. They're they're terrible for that. The, the pair of them. Yeah. Two of them are established experienced defenders now but you we spoke, did we not yeah. speak about this last week? Yes, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's almost every game now where they just have at least one moment of complete switching they're, off. They've just they've built up, I think you said it, Like they've played together now for almost four years and they've just not seemed to have built up any meaningful no. partnership between, no, between the pair of them. Another thing that we've said, I, I mean, Boyata's done his best football under Brendan Rodgers, much like every oh, yeah, Celtic yeah. player, but the thing that was identified on this podcast by Boyata is he's good at everything except with the ball at his feet. And that's another thing that just hasn't improved in his time here, really. No, it's not even hard passes. There was one in the first half. It's mm. a six-yard pass. He passes it four yards. The guy intercepts <laughs> and goes through. Just simple, basic stuff that if we are playing out from the back, it's fine. But the guy is putting himself under pressure. He's putting the team under pressure. And it just has a ripple effect because then it's don't pass to him. What if I do that? It was poor. Time and time again, you're asking questions of him. Yes, he's a Belgian international, but he's only an international because that's the only guys they can pick. Yeah. It's not as if they go out and pick Same him somebody. out of everybody. This yeah. happens all the time in international football, though. You will get an international team with like six or seven superstars, and then the right back will be like playing amateur football somewhere. Brazil didn't have a keeper for decades, oh. pretty much. So Celtic lose. They lost on the night. They lose in the tie. They've not won a knockout away game in Europe since when, Melly? Oh, they beat Barcelona at Celtic Park, but... Away from home. Ooh... It's not going back to the Seville year, is it? Like, Bovista. Oh. In April 2003. <laughs> so, what's that? Nearly 16 years yep. since Celtic have won a knockout away tie in Europe. Um, and they've never won away in Spain. Um, how do you think Brendan Rodgers overall has done in Europe this season with Celtic? This season? Not great, in mm. all honesty. Um, Qualified for that group though, Stephen? Yeah, that, that, that's not to be... That's not to be sneezed at, no. as they say. That was a difficult group from which Celtic progressed. Um, 
Various circumstances came into that, but as we talked about at the time, you can't qualify from a group by accident. They they did enough to get through and Leipzig didn't. As simple as that. If Leipzig were the better team, they could they had it in their own destiny to go through. Yeah. And they failed to beat Celtic and they failed to beat Rosenborg and didn't go through. I know Celtic lost on the last day to Salzburg, but I think they did all right in that group. Won three, lost three, predictably, you know, away ones yeah. that, that did for it. I think ultimately this season it's the same old story with the away games because I think played eight away games and only won two of them. Now, a lot of them were quite difficult. Valencia, Salzburg and Leipzig are, mm. all, are all difficult games. But then you look at the ones that also didn't win, AEK Athens and FK Sudova failed to win away there as well. Sudova didn't matter because we went through the tie anyway, but I remember watching that one each draw with Sudova when I was in holiday. I was in uh, Hub of Altimery, Santa Ponza for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Killed the atmosphere stone dead. But the AEK Athens is what I'm building up to here. That's the that's the away game that absolutely... Still hurts. Yep, Still hurts. Killed the season, the European season stone dead. Kill, did kill the season to start with. We took yeah. a long, long time to get over that. That's the problem with us playing so early on in the season in Europe that going out the Champions League has a massive hangover effect on us I feel because you build towards that you win yeah. the league to get into the Champions League everybody wants to play there and then to go out in August and just the whole transfer window malarkey it was just a dark dark cloud over the club now going into the Europa League it was a tough group I thought we'd do well to get through some of the performances were good but again it's the silly, silly things we do time mm. and time again. Silly mistakes, silly goals to give away at silly times. Just silly stop buggers. The, stop saying the word silly. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, Stephen. Uh, Brendan Rogers, And it's sinking. It is sinking. And Brendan Rogers' European adventure this, this season, I mean, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. I, I still look back at Athens as... Uh, the 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 third in the punch bowl yeah yeah really that, that looking back at it but do you think Brendan Rodgers could have done anything much different in games like Athens I I think he could have negotiated a win against Athens I I really do oh that's easy to say but in past times we've had options off the bench but we didn't have that at all we had to play Lustig because we had no other option mm. we didn't have any midfield options apart from the ones we had and up front. We had three strikers, all of whom were injured. Now, shout out to Dedrick as well, by the way. For oh, not, yes. not taking the huff, yeah, for not being available for that one. Yes, good riddance, as yeah. I said. So, but look, I love there was circumstances behind it, and we have struggled in these qualifiers year after year. We're told year after year, January is the window. Get the players in, get the players in. We got to the summer, and we didn't even have the players in. We're not giving ourselves the best chance of qualification, and it came back to bite as big time no, this season. That, that's true, but. See, at the end of the day, as much as I love Brendan Rodgers and I love the man, um, he carries a can, and he carry. And we might not have. I'm not sure he does on the qualification in this time. I, I think he does because in the January window, he said he got all the players he wanted. He wanted the Comper. He wanted the Jack Hendry. He didn't go and get it. He, he look. He's ultimately Brendan Rodgers responsible. He'll be judged on. This is the most cliche thing ever, but he is judged on the results. And that, that Athens tie for me was the, the spoiler. Now, Europa League was enjoyable. There were some good games yeah, in the Europa yeah. League. Leipzig in particular. Leipzig yeah. was... Leipzig. 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 Leipzig was a good win. But see if you look at Brendan Rodgers all the way back since he joined, he's never had that scalp. We've never had that 
jewel in the crown that European where we've achieved more than you really thought we were going to wear. Aye, there was there was Man City, but we didn't win that game. But apart from that, there's been there's been more howling results, really bad results, than there have been really really excellent results. And like that way was an absolutely amazing result. Oh, I've got particular fondness for that. I was in Lisbon for that one. That was yes. a, a, a bra night. I know, but Anderlecht away was a good result. But, I mean, Anderlecht at home was miserable. So what are, you, yeah. what are you wanting here to beat one of the big dogs at Celtic Park? I want Celtic to uh, play over expectation. I want them to play higher than you expect them to, achieve more than you expect them to. Oh. Apart from the Man City game and maybe the Leipzig game and maybe the, the game that you're talking about, Anderlecht, Maybe I just feel like I honestly feel like as ridiculous as it is, I feel like Andy like me just had a bad day at the office that day. Celtic Possibly. didn't play particularly well. I just think there's never been that. You know, every Celtic manager you go back at every Celtic manager and you can pick out the epic nights yeah, in Europe. You never really back, had one. You're going back to Mark O'Neill fifteen years ago. You're going back to Gordon Strachan ten to fifteen years ago. Even Neil Lennon six years ago. Celtic are still spending the same amount of money, if not less, and expecting mm. to get results against teams that are far out spending. PSG spend two hundred million on a player. Barcelona, how much on players? Man City, all this money in players. We cannot. I don't think we can compete with that anymore. I think the days of that are long gone. But we spend more money on wages than Salzburg. Yeah, that's that's true. And just to pick up on so that's the sorry Stephen, yeah. but that's the level we're at. We're above Salzburg. We are we yeah. are we are the see aside from the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal and any other team like that who finds themselves in the Europa League, spending wise, level wise, we are a, a top tier Europa League team and we don't play like it. No, we we spend on wages, we don't spend it on players. It tends to be though that there's more of a correlation between wage bill and quality than yeah. than transfer yeah. fees. I, I don't want to go too far down this road because we all know what the problems are. Um, we're trying to kind of look back on the European campaign as a whole. It is we're going back a wee bit too far, but I don't think we should completely dismiss the idea that you know we didn't beat Man City, so it's not a big achievement. And this is Pep Guardiola's Man City we're talking about, and they failed to beat Celtic twice over two games. Now, it's not the Pep Guardiola's Man City of today. I mm-hmm. think we got them at the right time. It was early doors with them and they had Kolarov at centre-half and, and things like that. But at the same time, before they played Celtic, they'd won 10 straight games and Celtic were the first team to take anything off them whatsoever that season. So that is that is a big deal. But sadly, that was at the start of Brendan mm-hmm. Rodgers' reign and it hasn't really... I wouldn't say... I wouldn't go as far to say it's gone downhill since then because it went uphill from Reddams. Yes. I think <laughs> but, he's, had, he's had three humiliating results in Europe. Certainly Reddams, AK Athens and... No, no, I'm talking about Barcelona, Barcelona and PSG. And PSG. Oh, of course, right, sorry. Yeah. Um, Reddams, Barcelona and PSG. I don't care how good PSG are. Shouldn't be getting absolutely molested by them the way that he was. And the same goes for Barcelona. And I, I sort of give him a pass on the Red Imps thing, but if I'm being really strict, it's, it's three <laughs> yeah. humiliating results and one excellent result. I agree we could have done better a lot of the time, but I'm trying to stay, not positive, but just trying to take a step back and look at it. Where do I expect Celtic to be? Not qualifying for the Champions League was a massive, massive disappointment this season, but looking at the teams in it, I, I don't see any group where we really yeah. can compete, especially with the squad we went into this season. It was we were in a sorry, sorry state. Maybe the squad now could maybe compete a bit better. Going from that, our aim 
to me is to get into the Europa League. We've yeah. done that. We got a really tough group. We competed in most of the games. Usual mistakes cost us. We get through and then when you get a team like Valencia, there's not many Celtic teams recently I would say would beat Valencia. No, I think a lot of this chat now is being flavoured by the fact that we should have done better against Valencia. It didn't have to go through. I don't think no, any of us expected no. to go through, but I think that home game is such a bitter disappointment now, especially at the time and especially given the vast improvement in yeah. performance And away. especially when you see that Valencia went on to draw Krasnodar. Mm, yeah. And you would really fancy Celtic against Krasnodar, you know, and it's just it's just so slow. But that is, that's Europe. Yeah, it is. And it's over. Brexit. Celtic, Celtic exit, sex it. That's ever, ever sex it from Europe. Um, we moved on to domestic affairs and we were facing the informed team. Yeah. The steel men. Any, any other nicknames for Motherwell? <laughs> Cheating wanks. There we go. Um, the Motherwell screw job. Yes. Um, well, I just might as well cut right to it to begin with. Do you think, Melly? Do you think we were hard done by? Do you think Motherwell should have let Celtic score? Possibly. Yeah, they should have. They should have. <laughs> I've never seen it like it. No. Uh, it's poor. The, the it's, boy is 18 years old, but everybody everybody knows the, the unwritten rules, don't yeah. they? It was... Oh, no, I don't know. It's not like people say like he's 18 as if this is his first foray into football at all. Yeah. He's a professional footballer because he was already pretty good at it yeah. before his debut for Motherwell. <laughs> he's not completely fresh in the packet as a footballer, so that's, that is nonsense. It's not his first start, but... No, nah, it's his first start, but... but people do that in he's primary probably, school. He's yeah. probably played it before. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is, do you know what I've, I think has been understated in it as well? See the guy who threw it in? He's caused the entire thing, right? Because he threw it directly to his teammate. No, he didn't. He ran onto it. Well, I but, but he threw it in the direction well past yeah, the yeah. Celtic player and he just ran onto it. If he had just either thrown it directly at the park or directly to a Celtic player, it never would have happened. Do you know what no, this is? Not... The guy throws it in then turns away and runs back. He's he's not even watching. Well, yeah, but I don't mean he did it deliberately. I just mean he threw it to, in a really awkward position. See, even this young boy, I can't remember his name, sorry. but the, Jake, when he... uh, Scott. Yeah, sorry. Um, when he picks it up, he looks back several times thinking, what am I going to do here? What am I doing? Is, is the referee going to blow a whistle or something? And then he takes it on. Now, I'm not absolving of blame. But what also I would flag up is that 11 seconds pass between realising that they're playing on and the goal being scored. It's not like it was a just well, well, the, yeah, the, the throwing went in and the ball went straight in the net. I think Celtic were in a state of... I mean, you, strictly you could say Celtic should always play the whistle, but and I think the second when Bain saves the first one, the second one should have probably been booted right out of the park. Right. But at the same time, I think Celtic were still in a, in a sort of feeling of what's going on? What, 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 what is going on? And then you know, Stephen Robinson had the chance to redeem himself at the kickoff by letting Celtic score, which mm. is which is almost unheard of, letting a team score, right? But see, at the same time, so's doing what they've done. Yeah, I know. And, That's why everybody was so confused. Yeah, so they must have just, they had an opportunity to acknowledge that they'd done something extraordinary, a well <laughs> up against the spirit of the game, and they could have rectified it. I, but then they went, they went chasing equaliser. You're like, what? I don't, I don't want to entertain any notion of letting Celtic score. I don't think that would have 
fixed anything. I think it's too late. I think the toothpaste is out of the tube on it at that point. I think if you'd allowed Celtic to score a, a fake goal, I think the whole thing descends into mockery and farce. And I think the intensity of the game would have been taken directly out of it. And it was that intensity that drove Celtic on. To, well, well, that's what was... The intensity wouldn't have got up to that level if they hadn't had done what they... No, no, that's true. But what I'm saying is once that's done, it's too late. You can't go back and fix it with a fake goal because I think it would have been... It would have been silliness. I, I think, think you can fix it. Man. I thought. I think to be honest, I think you could have fixed it. But then the, the Motherwell were hoisted by their own petard. <laughs> they were on this phrase, yeah. right, because they railed up the big dogs. Exactly. And the big dogs came out barking. The boys. big dogs came out barking. And that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That that's what that was the the ideal kick up the arse Celtic needed. You know, they thought, right, we're going to go and level a score here. Quite at this, literally. At this point, Celtic mainly started to pull a horse that had some wasabi jarred yes. right up its bottom. <laughs> let's, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, boys. Okay. Let's bring it back a wee bit. 17 goals. <laughs> 17 goals. That's you not bringing it back. <laughs> that's not bringing it back. That's winding it forward. I thought you were going to bring it all the way back, Melly, which I shall do to the lineup. Hmm. Um, the Eyebr- lineup. Eyebrows raised. Several eyebrows yeah. raised. We are the people's eyebrows raised. <laughs> There's so so many references, keep that one in though. Um, Myself, my eyebrows were raised. Okay, for sure, stop saying eyebrows from now on. I thought, that looks like a bit of an iffy midfield. Sure did. um, Against the the top team in the league, as it were, form wise. Yep, five changes. Now, the back, the back line. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, boys. He was back, captain for the day. Of course, we needed him in there for that. That leadership, because Scott Brown was always suspended. The back line, that's Benkovic in for Boyata for me, and that's as strong as it gets. Midfield, though. Beaton sitting there. Yeah, he was, he, Beaton has been, Beaton returned to training about a month or so ago, so he was due a return. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's the first start since the th- December 2017, 3 1 against Hamilton Ackies. Funnily enough, Beaton scored the last time Motherwell beat Celtic in any game. Oh, whatsoever. Yeah, it was 2 1 and December 2015. I happen to like I happen to like Beaton as a player. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he's a tidy player. You don't oh. no problem with Beaton sitting in there with Christy McGregor ahead of him, but Beaton sitting there with Henderson and Ryan Christie ahead of him. Mm. Now, Ryan Christie has been good recently, came into the team, but at the start of the season, if you said you're going into a must win game and those three in midfield, mm. alarm bells would be ringing. But the boy stepped up to the plate, Beaton, I thought was good. Henderson was great. And oh, Christie Christi yeah. was doing well. The problem was looking at the lineup, Tierney had to come off at some point. B Tom probably had to come off at some point and you're worried about Henderson and maybe Edward, that was his first ninety minutes for a while. So straight away you're worried about substitutes. We had no centre mid on the bench, so there's a real lack of options there. Henderson, absolutely brilliant. Is Henderson the new McStay, Collins, Lambert and Petrov all ruled in the one but better. Not for me to say. I, I just pose the questions. <laughs> but, but yes, I, I firmly believe he is. No, in, in all seriousness, he was absolutely brilliant. So, so composed and intelligent for a player of that of that age. Yeah. I, I thought he was absolutely tremendous. The touch, a couple of the touches, he was, he was taking it away from defenders. Passing looked spot on as well. He's looked good previous to this. He, yeah. He's become an assist machine. He made Edwards' goal in this one and Timo Weyers quite recently mm. against St Mirren I think it was in a midweek game so uh, looks looks a star looks a player as is obviously it. younger brother of Liam yeah. Henderson yes. who, was a, who was a tidy player as well maybe not just yeah. good enough for he's, he's playing for um, Hellas Verona yeah under Fabio Grosso yeah, 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 yeah that's, that's who the manager is 
I really liked the first two goals in this because we know we play from the back, but the ball went from the back out to Tierney, who storms up the left. Now, having Tierney and Tolian and two wingers that can do that just brings another dimension to the yeah. game. That's the first time the two fullbacks have been on the pitch. So Tierney goes up the wing, cuts it back. Christie puts in a delicious first-time <laughs> pass across even. And there he is, Sinclair, 17. There you go. Give me a wee wink in the crowd, Scotty. <laughs> back of the net. But the second goal... Again, 60th goal for Celtic, by the way, Sinclair. 60th, yeah. yeah. What a player. Boyata gets the ball from the back. A nice wee delicious outside of the right foot pass. I'll give him pass marks for that. Henderson out in the right. Pass bang. marks, I got it, Melly. I yeah, got it, got it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually mean that. <laughs> Henderson smashing cross in and there's Edward in the centre. Love seeing us score goals like that. Cross into the box, header inside, basically a six-yard box. Now, both of the goals, went, we had the ball at the back, but it was quick, out wide, out to defence, out to a midfielder, bang, into the box, goal. Love it. Passing about the backs, all well, keeping possession, cutting teams open. But see, when you're incisive like that, breaking through the lines, bang, bang, ball. Motherwell can't deal with it. 2-0, Easy street, easy street. Dedrick the threat Boyata again involved in this goal though. And, the threat uh, in their half. Yeah. Their half. <laughs> actually, he's had that nickname on this podcast yeah, yeah. since since he's joined. I actually meant to give him a shout last week as well because his header for Scott Brown's goal was excellent. He, mm. It would have been the easiest thing in the world to just head that back into a crowd of players, but he picked picked Bruni out perfectly for Bruni to lash it home into the bottom <laughs> corner. I think it was luck. But yeah. um, <laughs> 2-0, a game we thought Motherwell would be a lot better than they were. They didn't. Didn't really show anything first half, but get to half time. Keep this going, boys. 15 minutes, keep it tight, and then we'll get a couple more. All hell breaks loose. <laughs> of course, yeah, the screw job. The aforementioned screw job, which we've all already mostly covered, but just wanted to say that on the, the Celtic TV commentary, Tom Boyd just... He ab- lost the heat, didn't lost he? The heat. Oh, hashtag heat's gone. <laughs> Absolutely, heat's gone. Just on and on and on about it. I think... Right He's now, still talking about it today. Yeah, 24 hours after the game, I think he'll be in a darkened room somewhere <laughs> just saying the words utter, utter, utter nonsense over and over and over again. Utter, utter, utter sports. Poor wife. Uh, Imagine <laughs> having to be on the end of that when he gets home. <laughs> Absolutely lost the heat. But see, just, I love Tom Boyd. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but a bit of the old the commentary. Um, <laughs> one final thing on, on the thing. See, when I actually saw it for the first time before I came around to be like, what is going on here? Do you remember the the bit in Jurassic Park where the the gamekeeper? <laughs> I want to see how this ties up. Eh? <laughs> the gamekeeper just realizes he's been done by the Velociraptor, and it just goes clever girl. Yeah, <laughs> that was my reaction. I thought, oh, you've done us there. But, and then I got angry about it just after. But at first, I thought, ah, oh, we we cheeky tactics. How there. do you think Scott Bainfield's mother well scored with her only shot on target? He concedes his first goal since coming mm. in permanently, more or less. I feel like Bret Hart now, but. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Brett the Hitman Bain, the boy Ayibi. Is that? I hope I'm saying that right. That's I think it's some long those lines. Yeah, he he gets the goal. Poor show. I was straight over to him. Tierney was in faces. Boyata was in faces. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> it went from a run of the mill SPFL game to the Royal Rumble. It was brilliant. <laughs> Big guy. I was taking bodies. Oh, he was. He was. Um, he, again, the. The game kind of lost control a wee bit. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Aya was a split second away from being red carded. Oh, right, he easily. absolutely lost the plot. Composed himself later on. I'll come back to that. But the boy Aibe, he gave Toyan a torrid time. Mm. Toyan was booked for bringing him down later on in the game. But I'm still... 
you can tell I'm not sold on him so no. far. I'm worried that he was a good player. That's the first time I'd seen that boy properly. He's a big, powerful player. Toyan didn't really deal with it well. He's lucky he had the pace, but I've still got question marks. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully he can gain a foothold if he would cheer up a wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's down to. Yeah. Jack Hendry came on immediately after Christie was injured. Um, well, not for, immediately after. Well, no, but uh, just the bollocks of the substitute. Yeah, well, there was the reshuffle involved Iergren in the midfield and Jack Hendry came on. The first thing he did was give the ball away. The, the boy it's is unlike him. Uh, the boy unlike is a do man. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't like. Again, I, I gave him a clean slate. That, but that clean slate is in the bin. <laughs> he's just, he's dreadful, man. But um, it's a, it's a, it's a real shame. I know it, it was a strange one because Ayer, as much as everyone says Ayer's more a natural midfielder, the the fact of it is he's not kicked the ball in midfield since he was about sixteen. No, so uh, it was strange to to see him in there. But no other options. Yeah, he needs most time. Him and Beaton had to sit with Henderson in front of them. Jack Henry came on it left centre half gave the ball away twice and then him and Boyata switched so he went yeah. over to the right he did fine after that didn't really have much but look at that midfield Ayer beat on in Henderson oh, that is God. patchwork and no wonder we sort of lost a bit of control in midfield there Motherwell came into the game they were attacking us but we stood up to it and Ayer he was on the cusp of being sent off but he was cramping up very early mm-hmm. on and he put in a great performance and Stephen there was one moment where Kieran Tierney had to be substituted. He took off his captain's armband oh. and started walking forward. <laughs> you gave it to James Forrest in the oh, end, but I, I thought it, Ayer, but Ayer, it was a sort of captain's performance for him. I thought he was brilliant. He was putting in blocks, sliding challenges. I yeah. thought he was great again. Henderson obviously stepped up to the plate as well. And when Beaton has to go off, we ended up with Henderson and Ayer sitting and Edward ahead of that and Buck up front. <laughs> We needed Hayes that goal. left back as well, yeah. Exactly. There was players all over the place, backs to the wall, right up against it, and Edward with an absolute delightful turn. And Don't Motherwell make him angry. Just did what they did the whole game, and Kevin Clancy, your mate, did absolutely <laughs> nothing about it. Foul after foul, didn't clamp down on it, just let them divvy up the fouls between them instead of booking one of them early on and clamped out. Just let them foul after foul, and Edward turned, gets away from the guy, and... I could have sent that guy off for that. That was yeah. just a cynical boot yeah. to yeah. take him out. And King Eddie steps up with one of the best free kicks we've seen for a yes. long time. The Absolutely. The wee kiss off the underside of the bar always makes it that oh, yeah. bit more special. But to go back to there, the, the reference there to any new listeners is that I um, well, I knew Kevin Clancy many years ago because he played at under like 12 levels or something with my brother. A cracking keeper, to be fair to him, but I can't remember what kind of school he went to. Mm. <laughs> I'm, not, not, I'm not sure. He's a referee, so you do know. Yeah. <laughs> but Edward, Edward, um, his goal was the hundredth of Celtic's season. Do you remember who scored Celtic's hundredth goal last season? Edward Brown. It was Kieran Tierney. Oh, I was going to say. Tierney. And do you know who it was the previous season? Paddy Roberts. Kieran Tierney. Oh, was it Kieran Tierney? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see Edward back scoring though, because he hadn't scored since Boxing Day. Obviously, he'd been injured a lot yeah. in that time. But it kind of it pushes back a wee bit against this piffle that uh, mm. Morelos is you know a better a better player than Edward and all that so it's good to see him back on form and, and banging them in and I suppose just to round things off on the, the Motherwell game which turned out a bit of a drubbing for them Ollie Burke appears off the bench was it, was it must have been on the pitch for about five minutes smash and finish absolutely emphatic it really was and not the easiest of things to take because Forrest manages to get it to him 
but it's not an easy one to just let go of because he passes it directly into his feet mm. and it kind of gets any other player would have get it stuck under his feet or have to move it in front of him, take a wee touch first, but he emphatically stuck it away. I really enjoyed that game, boys. Really enjoyed <laughs> we it. Can, we can tell. Yes, can and tell. you can find your match report on it at the Melee of the Match. Yes, uh, Melee of the Match, which was hilarious this yeah. week. Absolutely oh, hilarious. Well, Melee, so I had to step up. Quite literally delivered a sermon on football. <laughs> it was great. Um, so the march towards the title continues. 11 games remaining. Celtic failed to drop points. I suppose now until the end of the season, I case it's just a case of ticking those boxes. Just keep winning the games. Tuffy coming up midweek, but yes. Tuffy coming just, up. They need to not lose three games in that final 11, really. Because mm. um, when you put it like that, it does sound. It, it still sounds like we could lose three games. <laughs> but, that, but that's assuming Rangers are able to get maximum points, which yeah. is highly unlikely as well. So it's... It's looking good. It's not. It's by no means over the line just yet because Rangers are still there. They're still putting pressure on, which they did again with that five 0 win over Hamilton mm. earlier that day. So another penalty and another <laughs> non-penalty. It's just uh, the only worry is right now we've got Hearts in midweek and then Hibs coming up in the cup. Yeah. Now next midweek we have got this thing called a free midweek, something right, we have that, not yeah. had since. Hmm. I don't think we've had one this season, bar international mm. breaks, isn't it? So. We need to get these two games won. If we can get through the Hearts game, which is going to be difficult. McGregor was out the weekend for the first time in how long. We did miss him. We need... Christie looks like he's going to be out. Looks like a hamstring, so he possibly mm. is. So we could be going into midfield with Brown, Beaton and Henderson. Hendo Mark too. And we never used to like when Brown and Beaton played together. So it could be a tough one during the week. Hibs at the weekend as well. Hearts have games. had a couple of bad results, did they? Not? They lost to Motherwell and they drew to St Mirren. St Mirren are... Yeah, yeah, they're not it's great. Craigie baby, but he's going to have the banter right out. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. He has his mini Mourinho. <laughs> Just on, on Scott Specky Brown's Mourinho. <laughs> Specky Mourinho. <laughs> uh, on Scott Brown's absence in that game, I'm I'm actually glad he wasn't there for that that Motherwell showdown. Oh. Jeez, that would have been carnage. And I'm really glad Mikel Lustig wasn't there because he would have been focusing mainly on pretending to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So as Celtic steadily trot towards. The eighth title in a row. I like that image of them steadily yeah. trotting towards just it. Yeah. They were just a reliable old yeah. machine, just churning out wins. Um, Leicester are mm. not doing so well. Oh, we're bringing it up, Dave. Yeah, uh, a result of which is Claude Puel um, has been sacked. Now, inevitably, Brendan Rodgers has been linked with this job. Yeah, um, he's linked with almost every job that comes up, but this one seems to have a bit more substance. Um, Lots of papers and people in the Leicester beat down south basically saying that Brendan Rodgers has cast iron bookies' favourite for mm. this one. This yeah. is the man they want. Um, there seems to be a bit of debate about whether or not Leicester will wait. You know, the the chat coming from Leicester seems to be that their board want their man in before the end of the season. Now, as a resident EPL experts, are Leicester in any danger of going down? Eight points above relegation. They really shouldn't be, shouldn't, because there's a lot of teams worse than them. And they, ha- they do have a good team. They yeah. have a lot of good players. They should be doing better than they are. They seem to play well in the big games, but struggle against the smaller teams. So they they seem to want their guy in just now. Um, two, they- is it a two-man shot? or oh, three-man shot list. So it's Brendan Rodgers, my wild shout for, you know, how I like, just ask. Yeah. Rafa Benitez is going to leave Newcastle this summer. Celtic, just ask him. Yes. Ask the question. Get a knockback. 
okay. And um, uh, Paula Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another man that's knocked his back already, Roberto Martinez. Yeah. So mm. there's a wee Celtic link. Well, I've just made up the link. To <laughs> that's, how, that's how links start. We yeah. make them up and the papers report them. So I suppose the question is, Stephen, two-prong, I'm going to two-prong you here. One, I say. will Brendan Rodgers view Leicester as an attractive prospect? Mm. And two, would he leave Celtic midway through a treble treble to join them? One, yes. Two, no. I don't think so. Now, this is the one I, and we, Bailey, we've been talking about this for a long time. The Leicester one has been the one I was worried about because... Because we're ITK. Yes, we are highly ITK (laughs) with a hashtag at the front of that. I'm thinking about putting ITK or agent or something into my Twitter name. But... um, Agent. Agent agent Stevie Trousers. (laughs) The... um, the Leicester thing is something that's that's highly realistic because none of the top teams are going to touch Brendan Rodgers. Rightly or wrongly, they're not going to. The top four or five clubs in England are in the business of celebrity managers. So they're, they're, yeah. They've hired the big guns every time. It's only maybe Tottenham if Pochettino Tottenham left, but maybe. that looks unlikely now. But Tottenham are... are they think of themselves as in the big time now yeah. as well. They've got that new stadium. They're, they do well in the league every year. So rightly or wrongly, they wouldn't touch Brendan Rodgers Dominating with Celtic isn't enough to put him on the radar of these teams. No. Um, so Leicester, Leicester, a team who the fans probably believe should be finishing seventh, eighth, or something I mean, like that. Outside the top six, Leicester are a good team. They are a they're, good team. They're a good prospect. Yeah, you know? and they've got lots of good young players and good facilities and good money. Yeah, good money. It's a it's a good project for a for a manager. Now all this hinges on whether Brendan Rodgers feels he's taken Celtic as far as he can go, and he might he might believe that now mm. with how the Europe, European campaign has gone this year. There's the ten in a row thing, but I think that would be more of a an issue if we were a year further down the line. Yeah. If well, there was well, one year to go, then yeah. I, I don't think he would leave. But two is a long time in football. Well, as as we've joked and we've said on this podcast for a long time, my bold prediction at the beginning of the season with this this would be Brendan Rodgers last hmm. season, and I based that for those of you who don't know, I just based that on working out the fact that see if he doesn't leave this summer, he's kind of duty bound. Yeah. Hmm. To 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 stay on, yeah. and then just all the things that have transpired, you know, with the the transfer windows and they're not getting the players and they're not getting Europe. But there's never in a million years would Brendan Rodgers tarnish the relationship he's got with the Celtic. He's not, he's not operating purely on ego. He does love the club. He does love his job. Celtic are a big club. This is a big job he's got, and he's he's not going to walk out of that no. mid-season for Leicester. So, for me, there's two scenarios that, that are going to happen as unpalatable as they might seem for people listening. Well, three. There are three, but the first two are Brendan Rodgers. Tells Leicester, I'm not leaving Celtic, you need to wait till the season. At which point Leicester say, well, that's okay because we can get Martinez today. And then Brendan Rodgers, that ship sails for him. And then it's just too bad. Number two is Brendan Rodgers says to Leicester, I am going to come, but you need to wait till the season. And they do wait till the end of the season. And number three is Brendan Rodgers says, thanks, but no thanks. I really want to stay for another two years at Celtic. That was two scenarios. No, I said three, correct. Thanks, but no thanks. I really want to stay for another two years at Celtic. And I think for scenario three to happen, he needs to go to the board and say, I'm semi-serious about this Leicester job. Mm. What are you going to offer me to stay? 
In yeah. which case, Peter Law goes, I'm going to write you a massive cheque for £50 million in the summer to yeah. buy yourself a new team. And so he should. And we all know, like, this is how football works. So he should leverage this. He should, yeah. he should say, I've got a good a good opportunity here. How are you going to make this job more appealing to me? And and away from all that, it's the, it's the club, it's the fans, it's mm. all that. What are you going to tangibly put on the table for me to make this to make my job easier for me next season. But, but now, see if he does that though, he would have my full backing because yeah, see, absolutely. Brendan Rodgers using Leicester to leverage a better deal for Celtic. It's better it, for us. It's better for us. Because yeah. I, I, I want the guy to stay. Yes. And and if, if he bends Peter Law over and says, I want 40 million quid in the summer, that's what it's going to take to put that team where I want them to be or else I'm leaving to let go to Leicester, then I want to see him paid. I want to see him paid, but I have absolutely no faith that the board will do that. I, I just another screw job. Yeah, yeah I, I just get the feeling that Peter Law was happy to go to Dermot Desmond and say we've made profit again, we've won the treble better again, than brilliant. Yeah, we're better than Rangers. They're just happy to stay ahead. They don't run the club like the fans. I'm not asking to go out and spunk all sorts of money and do what Rangers done, but I just said it time and time again, want Celtic to be the best they can be. I don't think they do that. I think the time to back Brendan Rodgers possibly was this summer. Hmm. Now, what has he got to look back on and say to the board, I want back? They go, yeah, no problem. We said, well, you didn't do it last time. And you waited and waited. Hmm. I had a great off in the summer that I rejected and you didn't come through with it. The Leicester thing is a big, big worry. It's going to... I hope it doesn't derail our season. Celtic are too big a club to yeah. walk out on, as we've said. Yeah. He won't do that. He's got, he's got too much in him to do that to Celtic. I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, he might fancy himself to get a bigger job. You know, there are not many... I mean, I know it sounds a ridiculous thing to say, but in, in England, there are not many bigger jobs that will come up for Brendan no. Rodgers. But Celtic are, Celtic are a bigger club than Leicester. They are. They are a bigger club, they just can't offer what Leicester no, can. Leicester have got more money in the bank, they've got a bigger bank balance, but that's that's really it. But at Leicester, I think their fans are unhappy with Poyo with the way he was playing. Now they just want they want to see they know where they're going to finish, seventh, eighth, ninth, yeah. have a good season here and then don't expect the league, but they want to see good football. Brendan Rogers will deliver that. They've got a lot of good young players. As you said in the group chat, imagine he went full heel and he went to Leicester. Saint Don't you say that on air. People Saint- will stop listening. Saint Tierney and McGregor, first day. <laughs> ben Chilwell's been linked with Man City, so if he goes oh, in the dear. summer, oh, it's no looking good. But Brendan Rodgers, well, he said time and time again how happy he is. It's his dream job. If he does leave, there'll be nobody to blame but Celtic. Now, look at that team again. Ewan Henderson, Ralston, Tierney, McGregor, Forrest. It's an absolute pleasure to watch your team with so many young players through the academy coming through. All we need is three or four players to supplement that and we could be a really good team. Melly touched on something there uh, about what Brendan Rodgers has said in the past. You know, he's committed to Celtic, he loves it. However, before the Motherwell game, he was specifically asked about the Leicester job Mm. and he basically brushed it off by saying, look, I'm here to concentrate on the football. After the game, he was asked, well, you were concentrating on the match, the match is over. Let me ask you about the Leicester job. And he walked off. He's, yeah, he was whisked away by what sounded like a press uh, press guy. Yeah. Off he easy just to say, I'm happy where I am, I'm mm. staying into it. Yeah. Now, there's, there's two ways to do this, as you might have said. It's leverage. Mm, yeah. But why would Brendan Rodgers at the first opportunity, whether he wants to stay or not, why at the very first opportunity would you rule out going to Leicester? Absolutely. You yeah. just wouldn't. I just don't think you would. However... If he had absolutely no intention of going, you know, it could have been a bit firmer in his denial. 
Brendan Rodgers does very few things by accident. When he's yeah. when he's in front of the press, he knows exactly what he's doing. We've given him an awful lot of credit for it in his time at Celtic, and he's he's very savvy in that way. He knows exactly what he's doing by the by answering these questions in the way he is. No, it, it's probably because he knows there is something in this. There is something fairly concrete feeling about yeah. this this Leicester I mean, thing. We know how we, we I mean, don't know how it works, but no. we have an idea that you know feelers love being put out. Yeah, and again, I'm not I'm not saying for a minute that he's going to go and Leicester is is you know the the absolute promised land mm-hmm. when it comes to versus Celtic. That's not the true at all. But we need to be realistic about this. Brendan Rodgers was never going to be here forever, so the way this feels just now is slightly worrying, and it is the club that we worried mm-hmm. about all along, and it's. The circumstances are starting to roll towards towards the inevitable, really. But I, I don't think it'll be right now. I think it'd be crazy never, to go right now. Never. Yeah, it just shows in twenty less than twenty years how football's changed. Martin O'Neill got out of Leicester to come to Celtic, yeah. massive club. Now the way the money's went down in England, Brendan Rodgers could leave Celtic to go to Leicester. People will say that's madness, but it's not nowadays. It's a good club, good facilities, so much money to spend. That league. As much as it's not nice to say it's the place to be, Celtic need to do everything they can to hold on to Brendan Rodgers. Absolutely everything. Peter Law, this is where he'll earn that absolute ridiculous amount of cabbage he was made last <laughs> this is, year. This is, the most, this is the most important summer Peter Law has had at Celtic. No, absolutely. No, there's no question 100%. about that. Yeah. One thing I'm fairly confident that won't happen now is that Brendan Rodgers will be replaced by Steve Clark after the rather turbulent week that that gentleman has had. Uh, speaking of things that happen in the WhatsApp, I uh, I lit the WhatsApp up during the week and burned the ears off the two of you with a quite astonishing rant about the Steve Clark situation. Two minutes 45 seconds. Was it two minutes 45 Yeah, uh, it's every time I've got, see any time I'm with someone, Melly, you don't know, it's every time I'm with someone and Stephen sends me a voice note, I say, I've got a voice note from Stephen. It's two minutes and before I even look at the phone, go, <laughs> 45 seconds. Yeah, it's, it's basically a mini podcast. I'll start releasing them on yeah, the Patreon. You don't, get, um, you don't get a voice note from Stephen any less than two minutes long. <laughs> no. The m- money's worth. I am the, the Stephen King of, uh, of WhatsApp voice notes. But um, yeah, I, I went on a bit of a, a bit of a tirade after the, that came out that Steve Clark is furious in the yeah. press with the, the, his treatment at Ibrooks. Oh, I didn't know we were going to talk about this. I'm getting all limbered up. No, I, I didn't. No, I didn't really. I just, I just seized the opportunity here to have a go. Now, that thing was incredibly infuriating as a Scottish football fan because it's just you. You think Scottish football is moving on. You think we're finally got something good going here. We're finally being dragged into the the modern era of football. Steve Clark is the Best thing that's happened to Scottish football outside of Glasgow for decades. Probably the best manager of a non-Glasgow club since Alex Ferguson. And I say non-Glasgow because, you know, Gary Caldwell is in there. He's in Glasgow, <laughs> so, you know. Um, but uh, Steve Clark, in common internet parlance, this is why we can't have nice things. Um, Steve Clark comes up to, to Scottish football and he will probably be driven out of it. Not because he couldn't do it, not because he failed, not because he wasn't successful, but because it's a, a backwards cesspool still in, in this day and age. And it's it's tremendously unfortunate. And it will just be... The reason I got annoyed about it is because it's just the Huns doing what they do and they're getting away with it time and time again. That, that's why that's why the, the situation in this country will never be resolved. Like There's so much talk about it online just now and it's never going to be resolved because <laughs> Rangers will never accept responsibility for their part because one, they think that 
they're really better than everyone else. Yeah. And two, to accept any sort of responsibility would be would be conceding ground and losing. So yeah. th- and that is that is the impasse. You've got a group of people who use songs and slogans to tell another group of people that they're not welcome, they're inferior, they don't belong here, and you've got another group of people, the Celtic fans say they're not taking it. Yeah. And it's just it's never gonna change. And and what was astonishing was the whole week after that Steve Clark incident, every single person's coming at going, This is appalling. And they're shocked by it for yeah. two reasons. They're shocked by it well, surprise me because it happens to Neil Lennon all the time. Yeah. But for some reason, Neil Lennon's considered tainted goods. He brings yeah. it on himself. Part so, of what I said, sorry to interrupt there, part of what I said to you guys during the week there was that thank God someone that's not Neil Lennon yeah. is saying this because the, the harsh fact of it is Neil Lennon isn't respected in this country. He's laughed at and derided and to- called a victim and you yeah. know, all this kind of thing. Steve Clark isn't. And Steve Clark is now saying it. And he'll get the same treatment eventually now. Well, well he did because yeah. everyone said that everyone's condemned it. Everyone came out. And a lot of people decided that the the real issue was Catholic schools, which was a bizarre <laughs> one. But then the union bears have a sign taking the piss at Steve yeah, Clark. Yeah, of course. Aye. They don't. No, they don't care. Yeah, they, they absolutely don't care. I'm not exaggerating to say that Steve Clark is the best thing Scottish football has done for a long time, because I exclude Brendan Rodgers in that yeah. because Scottish football didn't do that. Celtic did. Brendan Rodgers wouldn't have come to Scotland to manage Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, Rangers. Dundee United, take your pick. But Steve Clark would have, and he did. Brendan Rodgers came specifically for Celtic. Yeah. Amazing how Steve Clark threw Rangers under the bus. Yeah, oh, great. Uh, Brought that good. up. One, one, I'll just finish on this. After that incident with Steve Clark, it seems to me every ex-Rangers player or every person with a Rangers leaning who has a voice, a column, a radio station, has come out and said, oh, I've, I've been called an orange bastard in the past and I didn't like it. Where are the Celtic voices on this? No. Where are the, where are the, where are not just the Celtic, but the middle ground voices going to Rangers? You guys are really the problem here. Hmm. And it, just everyone's afraid to take that one head on. But the, the fact of the matter is, Rangers Football Club and their supporters are the problem. Yeah. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit here and be a complete hypocrite about it. I know the previous week Celtic fans were singing orange bastard at Chris Boyd, yeah. but. To even bring that up compared to Rangers' problem would be a false equivalence I'm not really willing to, to oh. make, to be perfectly honest. It's should, not, Celtic yeah. be, should Celtic fans be calling people orange bastards? No. No. Right. They shouldn't be calling people orange bastards. So that is, and I'm quite happy to say that. Um, anyway, that got very serious yeah, all of a sudden. Cheery bombshell. I That's why I signed out for a while. <laughs> <laughs> just really just listening. Um, and on that one, let me just leave you with this. How do you like this? Neil Lennon. Oh, he's going to say it. He? Future Leicester manager. Love well, it. Definitely sign him up right now. <laughs> Take him. Take that, Lester Manager. On that bombshell, we will wrap up another episode of 20 Minute Tims. Uh, just want to say thanks to everyone who listens, rates, and reviews us. Thanks to especially all the patrons. If you have signed up for the treble tier, your mugs are now underway. They're getting manufactured and they will yeah. be sent out. That was just. The, the uptake on that was flattering and a lot more than we expected oh, yeah, it to be. It's quite an undertaking now. <laughs> Three or four times as many people signed up for that as we expected. So we'll have shot ourselves basically. Yes, yeah. we've had to get more mugs made, but they will be with you in the very near future. Thanks for listening. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.